The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk. Thanks for listening, and thanks a lot to all of our valued sponsors. Couldn't do it without you across the state in these various markets, and thank you for supporting the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba... You know, sometimes life seems boring. You knock along here and you get up and you have breakfast and you deal with your kids and you go to work and you fill your car up with gas. And you got you know, just boring life. I don't know what life you're living in. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> you get surprised and mm-hmm. stuff comes out of left field. Mm-hmm. Uh, car doesn't work as well as you, as you thought it. The kids forgot their homework. You know, the the bill didn't get paid. Whatever. Um, but but really and truly, that's part of normal existence. But every now and then, we really get surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the quote from the movie about having your hair sewed to the carpet? Or yeah, I wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up in the morning with my head sewn to the carpet. There you go. Uh, you know, sometimes you really get surprised. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in a positive way. We've dealt with this pandemic. Um, it came up with, with vaccinations pretty fast. Yeah. You know, compared to how long it took Salk and how long it took the polio mm-hmm. eradication and uh, measles and rubella right. and all those things. It took a while. But we've progressed with chemistry and understanding mm-hmm. of medicines and different kinds of, of, of uh, equipment in labs. Um we, we progressed over the last few years. And do you think people expect that? You think people expect, when they go to the doctor and they've got a malady, do you think they expect he or she to have a solution? Yes, they do. Even if it's something funky and weird, you've never had it. Any, you know, you expect yeah. it. Well, I mean, they watch Dr. House on TV, right? <laughs> yeah, and even for their animals, they watch Dr. Pole, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so we expect them to have an answer. Where do we expect that answer to come from? You go to the doctor and you got a uh, an issue with your toe. Yeah, we expect them just to know it. Hmm. And how do you think they knew it? Well, over the last few centuries, mm-hmm. we have progressed, and there's been writing, there's been education, um, there's been interest, and we almost act surprised that ooh, well, I got better. My toe doesn't feel as bad as mm-hmm. it used to. I got over the gout because they told me to stay away from this and stay away from that and not drink or eat as much yeah. as that and maybe take this medicine. So over time, that industry, the healthcare industry, has been surprised. It's handled it. It's learned. It's written things. And then the next thing we know, we have solutions. Is there an incentive for the financial industry to do the same? Go back to the medical industry first, though. Mm-hmm. And, and you think about it, 
at the arc or the curve at which knowledge and understanding of the way the body works, et cetera, mm-hmm. and medicines, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. has, uh, has occurred over time. Yeah. I mean, 200 years ago, they were mixing up, you know, you know. Yeah. 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 Chimney yeah. soot and, and, you know. And you went to the barber. Biscuit flour. Yeah. And, and, you know? Yeah. Right. Or the local butcher. Mm-hmm was, you know, the, the town doctor. So I, I think that um, from a medical standpoint, yes, I mean, we've got great medicine, we've got great uh, medical care, we've mm-hmm. got technology, but I think we're only on the cusp of it. And that learning curve mm-hmm. has started to turn up over the last 200 years. Right. Because really for the first few thousands or mm-hmm. millions of years of existence on the earth, right. we were basically just subsistence. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't know much mm-hmm. of what they knew up in Chicago. Right. Now, they may have known how mm-hmm. to f- fix the gout in Chicago, but you hadn't learned it down yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And so the butcher told you, cut the toe off. Right. Mm-hmm. Huh? That's right. But uh, over time, we got medical schools and, and ways to communicate mm-hmm. and ways to uh, disseminate all of the information. And now, you know, your doctor in Podunk, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, right. Tennessee can know just exactly what they know mm-hmm. in downtown San Diego. That's right. Is that the, the, s- the fact that somebody can be in downtown San Diego mm-hmm. and do a robotic surgery Ooh. on somebody located in New York City yeah. is just amazing to me. It is. And so you're right. We're on yeah. that cusp mm-hmm. as that learning curve is turning up. And I get back to my question. If that is true in that industry, mm-hmm. the healthcare industry, is it also true in the financial world? Are, are we learning? Do we have lots and lots of data and understand how volatility and markets and differentiation and diversification and all that stuff works? It's constant. And really? It's a constant learning process. Mm. Um, and, and truthfully, I think that it's gotten uh, a ton better. Yeah. yeah. It's gotten better in the last five years. And so when somebody comes walking in mm-hmm. your office... And they've inherited money, and they've never had money before. Mm-hmm. This is almost like you walking into your doctor with a malady you've right. never had before. Mm-hmm. But you expect the doctor yeah. to have the answer. Mm-hmm. Can they expect that you're probably going to have an answer to most of what they're dealing with, whether it's a divorce, they hit the lottery, grandma died and left the money, suddenly their employer offers a 401k, uh, they've had a baby born, do they have a college Mm -hmm. plan? What do they do about life insurance? You can give them answers based on the last 200 years of what we've learned. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. But... I think sometimes people, when it comes to the financial world, don't necessarily think we have an incentive or we have the capability of having answers to all of their problems like the doctor has mm-hmm. answers to all of their health care right. issues. But there is a real financial incentive for you and me to have an answer. Mm-hmm. A financial incentive for you so you get paid. Right. A financial incentive by people that you may use as the prescription. Yep. The fund managers, mm-hmm. the, the investment houses, the insurance companies, the local CPA. 
from a competitive standpoint, mm-hmm. I think there is also an incentive uh, to do it right and accurately. Yes. Because if it's not done right and accurately, right, then they're going to find somebody else to do it. Absolutely. Or uh, in, in, a, in a more efficient manner, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If we find we can do it somewhere else in a more efficient manner, mm-hmm. then you know XYZ is going to lose the business to ABC. How often do new clients come in and you talk to them and you do an analysis and at the end of an hour, they say, okay, yeah, I want to do this, but do you have an app? Can I keep mm-hmm. up with this online? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So over the last 10 years, we've had an incentive to be able to answer that question. That's yes. correct. Because yeah. I don't want to go want them going next door mm-hmm. and him say, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I right. can do that. So today we're going to talk about how that over the last few years, over the last 200 years, the financial industry has kept up mm-hmm. with a lot of data. And maybe we have some answers to your issues right here from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, right here on Super Talk Radio with you. So, uh, Bubba, we're talking in that first segment about how that it's very important to whatever industry you're in, healthcare industry, financial industry, automotive industry, that you learn over time that the learning curve of the industry itself is good so that you have answers. You have learned from... 20 years ago how they did it, but how we have improved. And so you you read and keep up and do continuing ed and all those sorts of things. I want to give a, um, a little bit of a comparative, uh, comparative um, uh, uh, analogy here between the two industries we've been talking about, healthcare and the financial industry. Okay. All right, so yeah, healthcare, you go to the doctor, you expect the doctor to have some answer to understand all of the, the uh, information that is, has been become available over the last 200 years and be able to diagnose you and boom, write a prescription. Mm-hmm. That's what you want, and you want it done real, real quickly, yeah. right? And I want to feel better immediately. And you want to feel better immediately, and you want to run down to the, the, the pharmacy and get that thing filled, and you want your insurance mm-hmm. to be able to work. That's the way that whole mechanism works. And you've learned that over time. And that's the expectation of most Americans. All right. Now, what I find on the financial management side, especially if I'm by the seat of my pants managing my own money, Mm -hmm. is that here's the way the uh, comparative analysis would be and an analogy would be. You went into the doctor expecting the doctor to have the answer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you went to the pharmacy and you got a specific drug based on the doctor's recommendation. Right. This is what a lot of people are doing. They're bypassing a doctor. Mm-hmm. They're going straight into the financial world pharmacy. And there they are in there. And they've got no idea mm-hmm. what to pull off the shelf. Yeah. Uh, I've got debt problems. I want to save for retirement. What about my kids? Do I need a will? And here they are. They're standing in this huge room with all of these options around them. And that room is really represented by a computer screen. Yeah. Because they got all these options around them. Mm -hmm. And they don't have any idea which bottle to pull their prescription from. But then they start trying. Anybody ever call you up and say, Bubba, do you think I need to buy a health care stock? 
Do you think yeah. I need to? Uh, uh, I think I'm going to buy uh, something in in the transportation industry, mm -hmm. and they're just trying kind of uh, randomly yeah. pulling bottles. Now, would you do that to your health care? Well, you know, it'd be like going on WebMD, oh. diagnosing yourself, and then running down to the pharmacy and saying, "I need X Y Z medicine." Well, first of all, then they're going to say you don't have a DEA number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And then secondly, if it is something off the shelf, how do you really know if what you have decided from mm -hmm. WebMD is the right thing? Mm -hmm. I see so many people trying to run their finances by reading one or two articles and then trying to pull a bottle of whatever yeah. in, in, in the, mm -hmm. the comparison to what you would be doing if you were trying to do this yourself on the healthcare care side. Right. How many people would walk into a pharmacy and go, I think that brown bottle over there yeah will be good for gout. I think I need some restasis. I saw the commercial for that on TV. Yeah. No. You wouldn't do that. And I don't know if restasis is for restless leg or for dry <laughs> eye. I think it but, has something to do with your eyes. Yeah. But on the other hand, what do I know? Mm -hmm. I don't have all those 200 years worth of information. Mm -hmm. I didn't go to medical school. I don't have 30 years worth of experience in the healthcare field. I trust my doctor to mm -hmm. have that. But here people are trying to make their financial decisions like they're standing in a pharmacy trying to pull something out of a brown bottle and hope that fixes gout. Mm -hmm. No, maybe buying that stock is not right for you. Yesterday, you and I had somebody in our office and great people. I look forward to working with mm -hmm. them. And they told us from their uh, point of view, they thought they were very conservative investors. Mm -hmm. Very conservative people. Right. And to a certain extent, they were. However, I looked at one account, and the whole thing was in one stock. Mm -hmm. Is yep. that a conservative position? No, it's not. Because if I have all of my investments in one stock, what have I done? I bet the investment return mm -hmm. on the per performance of one company. Right. That's pretty risky. Yeah, not one industry, one company. One company, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I like to do is to try to have people rein it back. In my example of what you do when you go to the doctor, you go to the expert first, get a diagnosis, mm -hmm. get a prescription. That makes sense. Yep. Maybe what we need to do related to our finances is the same thing. Well, and I, relating it back to medicine, sometimes the prescription is, is not anything that you necessarily need to buy. Oh, Sometimes it's a change of behavior, Ooh. right? So, it, you know, you go into the doctor and the doctor says, well, you know, you need to start exercising a little bit and you need to start watching what you eat and, you know. Not as much salt, Bubba. Yeah, and, and cut out on the soft drinks. Okay. For, what you know, whatever they say. Right, right. And many times I think that uh, people come into our office mm -hmm. and they say, you know, what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And we tell them, well, you need to quit spending more than you make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to have an emergency fund. You need to let's get started on, on, you know, doing a will. And it's not anything that we're necessarily selling or recommending that they buy. It's a change in behavior mm -hmm. before they can be ready to do that. Right. Absolutely. And are, are they surprised sometimes? They are. You don't have anything to sell me? Yeah. You, you don't want me to write a check today? We've had people come in before and say, you know, I got $10,000 in my savings account. I, I want to invest. And, and you say, uh, do you have any life insurance? Yeah. 
Do you have a will? Do you have an emergency mm-hmm. fund? If you give me this $10,000, how much are you going to have left? Well, nothing. Right. Well, I don't want you to do that. Yeah. So they're surprised. Yeah. You won't take the money the first day. And you have to be delicate when you do that, right? Uh-huh. Because, uh, I mean, $10,000 is a lot of money. Sure. No doubt about it. And it probably took them a long time to accumulate Mm $10,000. And, and, you know, as much as I would like them to be investors, Mm -hmm. there are some building blocks that you have to put into place first. Sure. Sure. And, you know, when you start looking at how we have responded as a society uh, coming through a pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, some people have done that real well. They have said, you know, this is something coming out of left field. I've never heard of a virus out of China. Mm -hmm. I don't know what COVID means. Maybe I'll call my doctor or my nurse practitioner or look it up online and educate myself. And, oh, they're working on a vaccine. Mm -hmm. So I call my doctor and say, do I need to take that? And the doctor says, yeah, you probably need to be immunized. And so you follow a plan put together because uh, you got some information and you follow mm-hmm. through. Are there ways for us to kind of immunize our finances? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we've been setting up the second half of the show through this mm-hmm. first half of the show by the answer to that question. Yes, I think there are ways that we can kind of immunize financial issues. Now, I'm not going to be able to completely guarantee you an income for the rest of your life because I mm-hmm. have no idea what your industry is going to do. Right. I have no idea if you know corporate America is going to suddenly decide to downsize. I, I, I have no idea what the government's going to do when it comes to tax rates. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't. But we can kind of plan around that. We can. And don't you think people, if they are thinking of taking care of themselves on the health care side and possibly immunizing themselves related to a pandemic virus, don't you think we also need to think about maybe immunizing our finances? Yes. Do you spend a fair amount of your time doing that? Yeah, I do. So somebody starts out life straight out of high school or Mm -hmm. college, get the first job, you start giving them advice that hopefully will immunize them from future problems. Hopefully. Uh, cash flow issues. Yeah. That's spending more mm-hmm. than you make. Yeah. Over- spending plan issues. I'm not going to call it a budget. You can't but, say a yeah. budget. Yeah. Can't say yeah. that. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not woke, Bubba. You can't yeah. do that. You can't say. You know, so we got to have to say spending plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about debt, debt management? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come in your office and it's almost like, Debt was a serpent in the backyard that just sneaked up on them. Yeah. And the next thing they know, they know they're $30,000 in credit card debt. That's right. Maybe if we started on the front end with Mm -hmm. an awareness of how that works, an awareness of your behaviors Mm -hmm. that get you in those issues, maybe we can immunize you against that. Mm -hmm. There are a number of issues that we can talk about immunizing your finances um, that that I want to get to. Sure in the second half of the show. Um, so we're going to talk about that spending plan. We're going to talk about debt management. We're going to talk about retirement, mm-hmm. uh, not just accumulating toward retirement, but when you get into retirement. Somebody walk into your office very often, Bubba, and say, you know, I'm retiring. This is my 401k money. It's all the money I've got in the world, Bubba. They ever say that to you? They do. Huh? Yeah. 
Is that is that pressure on you? Oh, lots of pressure. Mm-hmm. But especially if the four hundred one k isn't big enough to support their lifestyle. Uh, so we have to do some mathematics, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so what we're going to do in the second half of the show is talk about some steps uh, toward maybe immunizing your portfolio and your mind from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio at the Advi- uh, Advisors Roundtable. And Bubba, we're talking about kind of uh, taking a similar approach to your finances that the healthcare world does to your body, um, using some analytics, using some knowledge, using some education, using some experience uh, from the past and that learning curve that has happened in society related to healthcare all the way through pandemics and the need for immunization and then looking at our financial world and doing the same thing using analytics and experience and and uh, looking at uh, the, the that learning curve and what can you use from mm-hmm. the financial world's knowledge to help your life and to maybe immunize you from some of the common common financial maladies that affect us. And so we talked a little bit about uh, having a spending plan. That'll immunize you from a bunch of stuff. It will. I mean, first of all, just the knowledge and, of it. And it's, um, and it's really a basic thing, mm. right? Mm. It's not hard to come up with a spending plan. So you look at it and you see how much money you have coming in. All right. And try to but well try to try to set parameters on how much you're going to spend on the money going out. All right. So the the whole theme of the rest of this show mm-hmm. is buckets. Right. All right. So we're going to start with this bucket. Mm-hmm. This is the money coming in. So think of water a certain amount. Mm-hmm. It's not you've got an ocean to work with here. Right. Because I, I don't care who you are. I mean, you can be Warren Buffett. There's only a certain amount coming in. That's right. All right. So let's say that the amount coming into your household is $3,000 a month. Okay. All right. So that's how much water is poured into your bucket. Mm-hmm. Now, what you're saying is have a plan yep. for how much you pour out over here in the rent cup. Right. And how much you pour out in the utilities cup. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if people had that mental picture of a bucket and there's only it's a finite number yep there's not thirty thousand dollars in this this bucket Mm -hmm. there's only three thousand so what's the appropriate amount to spend Mm -hmm. on rent and utilities Mm -hmm. well there are some some good numbers out there that Mm -hmm. would say that somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 percent is a good number to spend on housing so thirty percent of three thousand is about nine hundred dollars. Nine hundred to a thousand dollars. All right, now that's not just my payment, but it's it's numbers associated with housing, which would include electricity, which would mm-hmm. include gas and water, which would include all the things associated with your house. Yeah, which is also insurance, right? Whether it's renter's insurance or homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. So you start backing those things. You bring in three thousand dollars a month. You probably only afford, right? A five or six hundred dollar house house payment or rent payment or rent correct all right so there are parameters and mm-hmm. there are ways to to do this based on all the analytics and all of the the knowledge of the past two hundred mm-hmm. years 
that's not rocket science. It's available out yeah. there, mm -hmm. the information, to be able to have this spending plan to deal with a finite number of what's in your bucket. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we tell people this, you almost see a light come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, there were just numbers, and it was numbers, and, and I hate math. Right. And, and it was in the checkbook, or it was on a, a computer, and I checked my ba balance, and I really couldn't keep up with it. Well, when you're not keeping up with it, it's kind of like taking an ice pick to mm -hmm. the side of your bucket. Right. And, the, and it's just sprinkling out. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have as much as you thought, because you have no control over what's going out, but when you have the hand on the side of the bucket and there's not a hole from the mm -hmm. ice pick in there and you're controlling the money that and, mm -hmm. and the flow out of there, you have control. And when you have control, you're probably, in, a, in effect, immunizing yourself from spending issues. Right. Now, I told people as a tease going into this, this segment that we were going to talk about immunizing your portfolio, your mm -hmm. money, and your mind. Right. Before we leave this spending plan, there's a lot of mind control. There is. Issues. Thoughts. That I'm going to have to get some awareness of and control of. Because... Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody likes to have somebody else controlling them. Yeah. It's one of the issues we have in America right now related to both sides of the aisle and do you get immunization mm -hmm. and can they mandate and what's happening with the masks and all that other stuff. It's because a lot of it's people just don't want you to tell them what to do. Right. But I'm telling you, if you want to be immunized, if you want to be to, to be healthy, mm -hmm. there are some things you're going to have. You're going to have to follow what the doctor says. Probably. Right. And the same thing is true on the financial side of the world. You're going to have to follow a, a knowledgeable spending plan. Mm -hmm. The second thing is related to Call debt. it a prescription. It's a, it's a great prescription. Yeah. It's one of the, th uh, the prescriptions we write all the time for our mm -hmm. clients. So then we go to debt management. Mm -hmm. You think, well, uh, that shouldn't be such a, a big deal. Well, really? Um. You needed a car lately? Yeah. Do you have $40,000 cash? Very few people do. You're lucky if you find a new car for that. No. Uh, you need You're lucky if you find a car. So <laughs> I was talking with a client yesterday. <laughs> right. In the, yeah. yeah, in the first place. Yeah. Right. I was talking with him yesterday, and, uh, and he's having issues with his vehicle. And, mm. and I said, look, you know, uh, you're going to be hard-pressed to find another vehicle right now. Yeah. Um, and I don't want you to rule out buying a new vehicle mm -hmm. now. And I know that there's, you know, the sticker shock associated yeah, with yeah, a new vehicle yeah, and yeah. you drive them off the lot and they depreciate this mm -hmm. particular individual though. I mean, uh, the way he, uh, operates in his household, et cetera, et cetera. He's, mm -hmm. he's got plenty of, of money associated with that. Mm -hmm. And he was calling me up to ask me how much of a, of a payment do I need to look at? Okay. I said, you know, you got the cash available. Why don't you just write a check for it? and then pay yourself back whatever your payment would have been. Oh. And he said, I never thought of it that way. There I said, yeah, in this case, you're your own bank. You're self-financing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you'll have the money back in your account right. over a period of three or four or five years. That's right. Right. The issue is, is finding inventory out there. Yeah, finding a car mm -hmm. in the first place. 
Um, and so as you look at your pouring money out of your bucket, mm-hmm. one of the cups that you will probably be pouring money into is debt service. Mm-hmm. You know, making payments to somebody you owe. Right. Car company, mortgage company, mm-hmm. maybe a credit card yep. company. But as you pour money out of the bucket, this proverbial bucket, you, you realize there's not an endless supply, as mm-hmm. we said. And so that helps you control how much you have in the debt cup. Right. All right. Um, and uh, one of the things we want you pouring money out into is another cup. Mm-hmm. And that is future needs. That's right. Uh, college. Mm-hmm. If you haven't bought a house yet, maybe a down payment on that mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's been a while since you bought an automobile and you see it coming in the next few years, what about retirement down the road? That needs to be children. Yeah. Yeah. That's a quarter million dollars over the next 20 years Mm -hmm. for each one. Right. Okay. So you think we need to have, if we get lined all the cups, we really legitimately Mm -hmm. needed to be pouring money out of our bucket into we need to have the housing, and we need uh-huh. have health care, and we need to have debt management. And But you yeah. think we need to be pouring money into cups that are not necessarily about spending today? Yes. I think you're right. So what would those cups be? Yeah. Well, Retirement savings? Mm-hmm. Now, what do you tell people yeah. about when they say, there are three or four cups I can possibly pour money into here, Bubba, about the future. I could mm-hmm. pour into college. I could pour into uh, retirement. Which one of these, how do I prioritize? Well, I, I, I say this all the time. You can finance a house. Okay. You can finance a car. Mm-hmm. You can finance an education. You can't finance a retirement. Now, you may not want to finance a house. You may not want to mm-hmm. finance an education. You may not want to finance a car. But you can. You can. And with the low interest rates that we have these days, it may be an option right. for you. But you can't finance the retirement. retirement. Mm-hmm. One of these days, you're going to get to the point you're either tired of that job mm-hmm. or your body won't do it anymore or you start having health care issues or somebody in your family needs your time. Mm-hmm. Have, you ever given, have you ever given care to an elderly person? You know, a mother or mm-hmm. a brother or a family member, yeah. an aunt, somebody that, and that takes time. Mm-hmm. And maybe they didn't really plan that well for it, so they can't afford a sitter. And it's down to family members. And you've turned 65. And oh, by the way, you might like to have a little bit of extra time and not have to go to the office every day. So retirement is a legitimate goal. Right. right. We're saying that. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, and I think we need to plan for it. So immunizing myself against a future issue I'm going to have in 20 years, I can't predict the future, but I can probably look around me and see what other 60, 70, 80-year-old people yeah. are dealing mm-hmm. with. They're dealing with their health. Well, if I'm in my 30s or 40s, I don't want to necessarily have to deal with that. Bubba, how do I immunize against that? Mm-hmm. Uh, those people are, are dealing with family members. 
They've got long-term care issues. There are a number of things I can think about now that I can probably begin to plan for and help myself uh, and make sure that they're not pains later mm-hmm. on. We're going to continue talking about immunizing and controlling some of these issues that may crop up here on the Advisors Roundtable on the other side of this break. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So Bubba, we're talking about ways that maybe we can make our financial lives uh, sail along a little faster. I've been using the word immunize uh, as it compared to the healthcare uh, field as we went through this discussion. We've talked about maybe some of the issues that we deal with in our financial lives being uh, better um, attended to if we had a spending plan, mm-hmm. if we understood a debt and how it works, and looking toward the future. Now, when we get to the future, I want to get back to a comment you made a minute ago. Um, in one of the early segments, uh, you know, somebody comes walking in and they say, I'm 65 years old. I want to retire. I want to travel. I want to enjoy my life while my body's still pretty good. Here's my 401k and my savings. Mm-hmm. And Bubba, this is all I've got. Now, not only, as you said, is that challenging to us, and um, it is a very, very important responsibility. Mm-hmm. But I, I bet a lot of times people are almost scared. Are they? I think many, many times they're scared. They're fearful? Yeah. They've never done this mm-hmm. before. I've always had a paycheck, Bubba. How am I going to make it? Right. And, oh, by the way, I've heard that, you know, if you take all that money and stick it in the stock market, sometimes the market has these corrections, and I could lose some of it. That's right. What are we going to do? Are there ways to get people through that? First of all, so they address their fear, address their trepidation, but also so that when they wake up and they're 95, there's a little money left? So I think it comes down to what their income needs are going to be during retirement. Okay. And if they've got assets that will support, sufficiently support those income needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, or more than support those income needs mm-hmm. uh, based on projections, et cetera, et cetera, then they've got a level of confidence that other individuals may not have. So I go back to that person that had that $3,000 mm-hmm. bucket right. every month back when they were in their mm-hmm. 20s and 30s. Now, hopefully by the time they get to be 65, they have their, they have gotten some raises. Right. Inflation's come in. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they've got a bucket of five or 6000 by sure. that time, right? Mm-hmm. Of the income they were using right. the day before they walked in your office mm-hmm. and said, oh, by the way, Bubba, yesterday I retired. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you should have talked to right. me before you right. pulled the trigger, but you did. Now, those people, if they were listening to us back 20 mm-hmm. or 30 years ago and they were looking at those cups that they were mm-hmm. pouring out of their bucket, they were pouring into a retirement savings They cup. were. Every month, mm-hmm. they were maybe pouring into uh, college. They were pouring into mm-hmm. uh, extra debt payments and getting themselves out of debt. So when they come in, let's use those numbers. Let's say they had $5,000 a month coming in pre-retirement. Yeah. How much do you think they're going to need? A good rule of thumb is 75 to 80% of pre-retirement income. So they're going to need close to 4000 Close to $4,000. All right. Now, you've asked the question, what mm-hmm. kind of income needs are you going to have? Right. 
So we look across the table at mm-hmm. somebody like Phil, our executive producer over there, and he comes in and says, I was making 5000 a month, mm-hmm. but I think I can live on four. Yeah. Sometimes they come in and say, I think I can do it on 2500 <laughs> And? And and we look at them and we say, yeah, you could probably make it on 2500 but the way you've been saving over the years and, and all this other stuff that you've got going on for you, you've, mm-hmm. you've paid off your mortgage, mm-hmm. I would feel comfortable sending you $3,500. Mm-hmm. they are like, oh, great. Why didn't I do this a couple of years ago? <laughs> yeah, they may. may. And, and when you ask them about mm-hmm. what kind of income needs they have, right. and we're working them through their fear, and we're working them through mm-hmm. one question at a time. Like when you go into the doctor and your foot's all swollen up, right. you go in, the doctor starts asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you eat? You know, how much salt do you take yep. in? How, do you drink any beer? Mm-hmm. I mean, they start asking these questions because they're trying to get information. But they're also making you feel they that doctor cares. That's right. That doctor's prepared. Mm-hmm. That doctor, ooh, I'm not so fearful yet. He hadn't written me a prescription yet. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel better, right? Exactly. And the same thing we're doing. We're trying mm-hmm. to work you through this so you talk it out and we get more information. Mm-hmm. So you come in and say, I don't know if I can retire, but I want to, Bubba, or mm-hmm. I need to. Mama's yep. sick. I'm 65 years old and I was making mm-hmm. 5000 I think I can make it on four. Yeah. Not only do we see the amount of income mm-hmm. you may need, now you ask the next question, what are your sources of income? Right. At 65, what sources could I possibly have? We've talked about it a number of times on this show, and for many, many individuals, Social Security makes up the majority of their retirement income. Okay. So let's say in this case, you've got a, a married couple, they're both 65, mm-hmm. and they've got $1,500 each coming in. Yeah. Well, that makes up 3000 of the 4000 that they need. There you go. You're three quarters of the way there. Right. W- without touching their cow. Without touching it. Right? Mm-hmm. Because they have this, this we, we call it a cow, which basically is the amount of money they have accumulated mm-hmm. during their life. Savings and timberland and farm right. and, and 401k mm-hmm. and all that stuff and you tell me that you've already gotten 3000 of the 4000 before right. we've had to tap any of that. Mm-hmm. When you explain that to them, they're like, ooh, now that you really put numbers to it and you've talked me through that, I, 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 I'm not as fearful. Right. Now, if I have accumulated a fair amount of money because I started 20 mm-hmm. or 30 years ago because I heard you on the advisor's roundtable and I came into your office mm-hmm. and you helped me with a spending plan with my bucket of $3,000 back there and we put money in these various cups and now today I walk in and I'm ready to retire, how are we going to manage that pile of money, that cow that we have created and only take out mm-hmm. enough milk to keep us in a decent lifestyle, but also preserve the cow so she's healthy when I'm 85, 95 mm-hmm. years old. How am I going to do that? Well, I go back to my comment earlier where we're going to talk about buckets today. Mm-hmm. We talked about buckets related to your monthly income and pouring out into the various yep. cups. I want you to think of three buckets. When Bubba and I are talking to you about using your retirement money, mm-hmm. To fund your retirement, we really have three buckets in the back of our head in mind. One is a bucket that you're going to need money, present money, that you're going to need over the first two years. Right. Okay? And that might be income. That Mm -hmm. may be an improvement on the house. That may be a car. All right? Right. But 
we know that primarily income that m- money's usually income and most of the time we keep that bucket in in some kind of a semi mm-hmm. uh, form of cash right 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 then there's a second bucket which we call the intermediate bucket money mm-hmm. we said the first bucket was anything I'm gonna need in the first two years right the second bucket is two to ten years that's right all right and then the third bucket is long-term money what I think I'm going to need ten years out sure and that helps us determine what we put in the buckets. Mm-hmm. In the first bucket of what I need within the first year or two, it's mostly cash, isn't That's it? That's right. Okay. The second bucket of what I'm going to need between the second and the tenth year, mm-hmm. bonds, bond funds, uh, annuities, yeah. those kinds of mm-hmm. things that I know are going to be there. They're going to provide us some income. They may, from time to time, actually pour over into the first bucket right. and replace... Right to replenish right. what you've spent. What I've spent, mm-hmm. and then that third bucket's that long-term money, and that's probably where I'm still in the stock mm-hmm. market. Is it hard to talk people at age sixty-five to keeping some of their money still in the stock market? It is. They think it immediately when they get ready to retire that they need to have things close to the vest mm-hmm. and be ultra conservative. Mm-hmm. And my argument to that is just because you're 65 doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. We hope you don't. And, you know, more than likely, you're going to have another 20, 30, 40 years in retirement. Mm-hmm. I, I, I spent last evening with a 95 year old client. Mm-hmm. And we were, I was talking to her about getting a new cell phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, don't think that just because you retire, mm-hmm. you're going to die tomorrow and you no. need to be very conservative. Quite and actually. I think the biggest thing that you're talking about here, uh, mm-hmm. a way to immunize mm-hmm. your accounts, mm-hmm. is diversification. Absolutely, because in each of these buckets, mm-hmm. we not, may not have it all in just savings account cash in the first bucket. It may have some CDs in there. Mm-hmm. May be a money money market right. account, right? Mm-hmm. In there, in the second bucket, we talked about it. It could have bonds, individual bonds, bonds funds, annuities. Uh, that's three or four things that could be in the two to the ten year bucket. And then that other bucket, way out there, you might have five hundred different holdings, right? In the third bucket, or more, or more. But diversification helps you immunize because you know, if you just pick the wrong. Mm-hmm company to be the one stock you have in your account or you pick the wrong industry yeah. Ooh. what happens when the buggy whips get mm-hmm. replaced by the tires mm-hmm. we're not very good at predicting the future but it sure does look familiar it really does and we can use the analytics from the past mm-hmm. to help us on that learning t- curve as we move forward right. Hope we talked a little bit about what's on your mind here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio.
discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. 